This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for 40 years as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. And now here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and welcome to our show, the Sports Psychology Hour, from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810. WHB in Kansas City. Our show is live here every Sunday morning and rebroadcast around the country throughout the week. And I look forward to doing this show with you each week as we talk about the mental side of sports on this show. Now, I've been in practice for 40 years as a sports psychologist. This is my 30th year on radio. My 20th year here at Sports Radio 810 WHB, and in the last couple of years, we've been getting the show around the country, syndicating it in a number of cities, and uh, Minneapolis has now jumped on board as a new station t- t- taking our show on, and I want to thank them for bringing us on up north of us. It's a trying time in this country. It's an exciting time, however, because... It's been a year now, a year since this pandemic took over the country. And we're seeing, at least I think we're seeing a light at the end of the tunnel to get out of this. We're not out of it yet. We still have a long way to go. But sports has, I think, brought hope back for people. It's brought excitement back for people. And this week now is one of the most exciting weeks in sports in this country because it's the beginning of the NCAA basketball tournament. The conference tournaments are all wrapping up and the NCAA tournaments will start this week. However, however, the coronavirus is still here. It is still affecting everyone. It's affecting sports. A number of teams withdrew from conference tournaments because of COVID-19 testing, players testing positive, or potentially being in the protocol. University of Kansas, Duke, and University of Virginia all pulled out of their conference tournaments because of a player in the protocol. It's going to keep happening until this thing is over. It affects professional sports, It affects college sports, it affects high school sports, it affects all sports. Athletes have to deal with this and they have to be smarter. Coaches have to be smarter. And so much of this is about how we're coping with it. You know, I've talked on the air now in the Kansas City area for 30 years and nationally, internationally with the podcast shows being podcasted now for about eight years. I've talked forever about the importance of mental health. Why, how you feel, how you're dealing with yourself emotionally, psychologically, intellectually, 
affects what you do. For many, many years, people go, come on, doc, really? You got to talk about mindsets, really? You know, you know come on, doc, you, you, you got to be strong, man. You got to be tough. Well, you've got to be mentally smart, too. How you cope, how you react, how you deal with stress. And we have probably, as a society in our lifetime, probably never dealt with as much stress for as long a period of time as we have this past year. And if you're an athlete, it hasn't been fun. You've lost your seasons. You've lost times. You've lost scholarship offers. You've lost competitions. It's been pretty frustrating. And for many, many people, they can't get it back. However, as I said, we are seeing light at the end of the tunnel. And here's the deal. This is affecting everyone. Today, I'm going to be joined by Stephen Renwick. He was on with us last summer. He's calling us from England. He's a former tennis professional who now works in my field, sports psychology. And he's worked with athletes over in England to help them cope with this. And he's joining us now, live from England. Stephen, good morning. How are you doing? Morning. How are you? Okay. Great. What time is it over there right now? Uh, 10 past 11 in the morning. Well, thank you for joining us. I really appreciate it. We talked last summer. How, how, first of all, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm good, yeah. Yeah. How, how, Considering the uh, circumstances. So tell us how things are over over in England right now. In the United States, you know, we're getting the vaccinations. Things are getting better. There's hope at the end of the tunnel, as they say. How are you feeling over there? Well, we're in a a four-step system to unlocking now. So step one was the 8th of March when schools went back. Step two is the 12th of April when you can do exercise outside in gyms and things. Step three is the 17th of May, where you can meet more people and go to the cinema and stuff. And step four is 21st of June, like nightclubs and things. Well, how are you personally? How have you been doing? I'm okay. I've just been trying to keep busy every day and trying to, you know, fill my days up with things to do. I'm not uh, not sitting around all day. So Trying to make a day as normal as possible. And and is that the new normal now for you? Yeah, well, I try to remind myself that it's only a temporary thing. It's not going to be forever. We talked last summer, and I recall you mentioning that a an athlete you work with, a, a, I believe a marathon runner, was running around his yard, running mar- I believe you said marathons in his yard. Yeah, that, that that wasn't someone I worked with. That was someone on the news. <laughs> but yeah, he ran a marathon in his back garden. Um, but but uh, the other a few weeks ago, I had a day where I had like seven hour gap with nothing to do. So I did a twenty k run just to fill up the time. In one place. Yeah. Uh, no. 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 That was on the road. So it's kind of like a half marathon. You know, the United States has been. Dealing with this, obviously, the world has been dealing with this for the past year. Um, things, things. There, there's the, the proverbial light at the end of the tunnel, as we discussed. 
how have the athletes you've been working with been getting by and surviving? I mean, how, psychologically, how are they doing? Well, some of the some of the pro footballers that can can still train and play. It's the it's the lower level amateurs. Like say we haven't been we people haven't been able to play tennis for about three months, so they're kind of missing the sport and things. So what are you telling people? How are you helping them get through it? Well, I'll just try and remind them it's a temporary thing. It's you know it's not ideal. It can get stressful. Um, but trying to remind them that it's it's only going to be a temporary thing, and we've got a really good vaccination program going out over here, which is seems to be having quite a good effect. I think it's about 20 million people have had vaccines now. Well, that's good. That's good. And you, have you been vaccinated yet? Yeah, I've had mine, yeah. Yeah, I had a Pfizer injection. Well, good. And, and how do you feel? Well, I had COVID uh, in January 2020. I had it, but we didn't know what it was then. We thought it was flu, so I just had Lemsip. So you had it and you didn't know? Yeah, I had COVID, yeah. January 2020. And um, but no one knew what it was. We just thought it was flu. But you're doing all right now. Yeah, yeah, it's fine, yeah. I mean, at the time, it was awful. Looking back at it, I just wanted to curl up and die and go to sleep. But um, we just thought it was really bad flu, so we just had Lemsip Max. So luckily, it didn't kill me. So. Well, we're going to go to our first break, Steve, and we're going to come back. I want to talk with you about how you're helping athletes cope with this and how they're getting by. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Joining me from England is Stephen Renwick. He's a psychologist, works with athletes over there. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist... With 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive, realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development, our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Let's be honest, the National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. 
Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. (gasps) Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week talking about the mental side of sports. Joining me today, live from England, Stephen Renwick. He is in the same profession as me, sports psychology Works with athletes over there. And, Stephen, we're going to take a – we've got a caller. Let's talk to Crush. Crush, good morning. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you, doctor. Thanks for calling. Hey, I I got something I want to throw out at you. And, uh, you know, something I felt during the last year is that um, as far as athletes, this last year separates um, people that are striving to be athletes and and people that – play sports what i mean by that is that you know the spring of last uh academic year and then this academic year you know kids kids had a decision to make are they going to spend extra time on Fortnite, or or are they going to spend extra time on dribbling or running or doing things like that. And I, I do believe, in, instead of us thinking all of the kids are going to be behind now in this you know, recruiting year, that, that's not the case at all. Some kids went out and did mic and drill every day. Some kids went out and, and played catch every day. Some kids went out and did jump ropes. There, there's kids that did their academic schoolwork and did jump rope. 
And, and there's kids out there that did not do the academic schoolwork and didn't jump rope at all. And um, I'm kind of saying too much here, but no, no, no. I, listen, I want to get Stephen to comment on this, and I think I think you're bringing up a great great point. But a lot of this also, I think, crush has to do with the support system, especially for young kids. Okay, you know, high school athletes, younger athletes. If they have a support system that helped them deal with all this, it made it easier to do that. Stephen, what do you think about what he's saying? Well, the first thing that came to my mind was Ellis's ABC model, where you have this activating event like a COVID, and then you have a belief about it, and then the consequences. So if you believe, you know, it's kind of like an opportunity to practice some other things or work on some other parts of your game or something, then you'll, you'll take the opportunity. So I don't know if you're familiar with Ellis's ABC theory. But doesn't that, doesn't that oh, and Crush, I want you to hang on with us here because you bring up a great point. But doesn't a lot of that have to do with the support system you have? Because let's face it, for, yeah. for a young athlete or a teenage athlete, uh, I've talked forever, and, and obviously you listen to the show, Crush. I, I talk a lot about the importance of coach communication and coach listening. And this has been a great time, probably more than ever, for coaches to, to really put on their psychology hat. Uh, do you see what I'm saying, Crush? I absolutely do, but I remember being a kid, and, and and there comes a time where it is up to you. And, and I don't believe that a 13-year-old is completely accountable for his actions. But he, he does decide whether he, he wants to play a video game or he, he wants to go out and play catch. I, I mean, that is a fact. And, and there is kids. Now, we're talking about student-athletes, okay, and we're talking about this is a sports show, okay. And so... Did did the kid? There is a chance, actually, that kids are better this year because they had more time at home, throwing a ball up against a wall, or practicing baseball, or shooting hoops, or you're, you're, yeah, you're bringing up you're bringing up a great point. But I, I and I agree with you. However, I think a lot of that, for especially a lot, a lot of because this has been so stressful for everybody, we've all had to change our lifestyles around. Uh, I think a lot of it's been the support system. We and, have, and, but it, 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 you know, you, you deal with it or you don't. Well, right, but some people, but but let me get Stephen to jump in here because I think some people are capable of doing this, you know, because of the way they're raising the support system. They have, and some they don't. Stephen, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, some some people have what's called an internal locus of control. Some people have an external locus of control. So if you you think you're in charge of your life and making decisions, you, you've probably got more of an internal locus of control. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you definitely need, the, obviously, the adults and the coaches to be backing you up and trying to motivate you and get you to do things. Yeah, so you, you do need that support system as well. Yeah, I mean, Crush, we're going to let you go. I want to thank you for your call. You're bringing up a great point, and, but, but I think a lot of it has to do with this. Because this has been a whole stressful time for everybody, it's been scary, and everybody's had to make adjustments and figure out how to, how to cope. And, and, and I think that's the key thing. And you know, Stephen, I, I mean, the point he brings up is great. I think a lot of athletes, a lot of people in any adverse situation, uh, there are people who, who thrive in it, right? doesn't matter what it is. They find a way to survive and get through it. Yeah. What do you yeah, think? They'll, they'll look for opportunities and they'll, be, uh, they'll, they'll adapt quick and they're flexible. What do, you th- well, what do you think? What do you think, you know, along the lines of what he's bringing up there, which is a great point, what do you think the difference is? Um, in, in terms of the people who 
took advantage of this to help themselves get better or the ones that didn't? I think it goes back to that, that ABC. You've got the same event for people, and then you've got your belief about it. Uh, and then, obviously, the consequences are your behavior choices. It's a bit like it's a bit like sitting an exam, and if you believe that you can show off and impress the examiner, you'll perform better than if you think, you know, your life's going to be ruined if, if you don't pass this test. The same event, but your belief's different. Blake, you want to comment? Yeah, I was just I was just going to speak to to both Stephen and Crush's point. You know, I think one of the biggest topics that people have brought up, and Crush really mentioned it right in the beginning, was that the the big worry was that kids were going to be held back they, because they weren't able to practice maybe on the field with the in the team aspect. They weren't going to be able to develop in the team sense. But I think that Crush did make a good point in the in the in the sense of. You know, kids at home now because of, and I'm not sure how exactly they're doing it in in England, in Britain, and, and across you know many different countries as far as schooling goes. Um, we're doing a lot of virtual learning here in in the United States, and I think with that, um, kids are spending more time at home. They're having more time more by themselves, and so if they really truly themselves wanted to use this, uh, and Stephen, I think I think this is what he was touching with with the ABC theory. Um, was that are you going to you have the same amount of time it's it's are you using this event as a catalyst to then jump into hey am I going to seize the opportunity or not to um, specialize in the individual skills that I can that I can learn on my own or am I going to use this as an excuse to say hey I can't get better because of it you know X X and X Steven let me let me let me throw this at you um, coaching yeah. uh, guidance is so obviously over this past year maybe is is as important as ever. And before we go to our next break, I'd like to come back and talk about this with you because I think this is where I talk on this show all the time about communication and about listening. We've we've probably as a world been more stressed the last year than we have probably since since World War II would be or the Korean War. My my guess would be as a world and how we've coped and reacted to this, responded to this, and, and, and what our caller, Crush, mentioned, you know, there are some people who've, who've thrived under this situation. So when we come back from our break, Stephen, I want, I want to talk about what, what your perspective is, the difference between the people who've taken advantage of, of this situation to, to get better and the people who've been stuck in a rut. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, joining me from England. Stephen Renwick, he works in sports psychology. He's a former professional athlete himself. He understands what we're talking about. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. 
If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Neil Armstrong waited six hours and 39 minutes to step onto the surface of the moon. Jackie Robinson waited 20 months to play his first game with the Brooklyn Dodgers. And even DiCaprio had to wait 22 years to win an Oscar. You can wait until your destination. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. What I know about courage, I learned from my adoptive mom. She said sometimes you just gotta hold on and know we'll get through this. Mom, we are so high up. Hold my hand. (laughs) No, you hold my hand. Here we go. (laughs) Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. Visit AdoptUSKids.org to find out more. This message is brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Good morning, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB here in Kansas City. I'm here every week talking about the mental side of sports, and joining me live from England is Stephen Renwick. He works in the same profession as I, sports psychology over there, and we're talking about responding to COVID, getting through it. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Stephen, you, you had COVID like you said. You didn't know you had it. 
now that you know you had it, psychologically, just, I mean, it's been a year, but how, how are you doing overall? Are, are you, does it make you more confident now that you survived this? Or does it, does it leave you a little scared that you could, you know, maybe the symptoms could come back? I mean, how do you feel overall? Well, I had it, and then uh, obviously for months we weren't sure what it was. We just thought it was flu, and then when all the COVID came out with all the symptoms, I went to get an antibody test, and I found out I had the antibodies. So uh, I think I was just really lucky, yeah, really lucky. And 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 now looking back on it, I mean, how, where does that leave you feeling emotionally? Well, I just remember being absolutely exhausted. Just I never felt so tired in my life. I just wanted to go to sleep and just die in my sleep and just couldn't move um so looking back yeah i mean i probably should have gone to hospital but uh, we just thought it was a flu virus and we always get told there's nothing you can do about the viruses so you just have to ride it out because that was before we knew what covid was yeah so have you worked with some athletes who've had it um maybe a couple of people who've had it but, you know, they're younger, so it doesn't seem to affect them as much. You know, um, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, so the, the younger ones, it doesn't, it doesn't, they seem to get it, but they don't, they don't get it as bad as like, older people. Well, obviously it's still around. It's still a problem. There's still people dying, still being, people being hospitalized, although here in the United States the numbers are going down, thank goodness, because the vaccinations are available as they are in England. Um, but as we move on and as we move beyond this, what do you think, see, see, from my perspective, I think, I, I talk all the time about a good coach is a good psychologist, a bad coach needs a sports psychologist. And I've yeah. had many athletes that I've worked with throughout the last few, several months who've had coaches who have taken the time to care about them, ask them how they're doing, listen to their fears, help them cope with this. And then I've had several athletes who've had coaches who just, quite frankly, just didn't care. Yeah. You know, what about you? Well, it's, it's better for the athlete, isn't it, if, they, if they've got someone who they can, you know, turn to for support and things like that. And uh, I think um, you need, because we're all isolated, you need that human connection, don't you? You need to be able to speak to people and things like that. Well, humans so are so, we're, social, we're, we're social animals, so we need that, that interaction. There's, there's no question yeah, about that. Yeah, I think the last thing you want is to be cut off totally. So, uh, for mental health reasons and, and sport reasons, obviously. From a mental health perspective, as as a society, how do you feel we are right now? I think um, people are stressed, and uh, I think um, for some people, they're really struggling with it without the social aspect of it. I mean, I've got some some clients who've got anxiety disorders, and they don't mind it because they're they, they like being on their own. They don't like being in social situations. But for the other people who don't have that issue, it's, it's uh, a bit of a nightmare. So how do you help them cope and get through it? What have you been telling them? Well, I'll tell them, obviously, I acknowledge that it is stressful. And, uh, and just try and remind them that it's not going to be forever. It's not a permanent thing. We are, we are getting to the end of it, hopefully. With the vaccine rollout and things, so just to and and also trying to make their day as like as close as possible to a normal day. So giving them things to do, 
getting up at the same time, you know, so you're not just sitting in bed all day. Um, trying to trying to plan the day so you've got some activities and things to do. Like, say, for example, I've started learning Cantonese and uh, things are like you, that. Are you, are you, go, are time are you things. planning to go to China? Uh, maybe. Hong Kong, maybe. Okay. But, um, yeah, I've learned uh, Cantonese. I've like three lessons a week, so I'll practice that and things. It's just trying to find things to do and fill up your schedule. So you've taken the situation and tried to grow and learn from it. Something about yourself is what you're saying. Yeah, because I've got like a growth mindset. I think if, if you've got a fixed mindset, you'll struggle. But if you have a growth mindset, you can... It's like I'm reading the complete introductory lectures on psychoanalysis by Freud. I've been meaning to read this book for about three years. Well, have fun. I read that in grad school. <laughs> So, yeah, I think it's just trying to, trying to fill your time up with things to do, having goals for the day, some targets, and just keep, keep, living, keep living in the moment as much as you can. But, but isn't, remind yourself that but, it, it, it is a temporary thing. But, but isn't it important to have, I mean, I think now more than ever, having that support system in some capacity is so, so important. And, and if you're, uh, you know, uh, our caller Crush mentioned, you know, their, their athletes have taken advantage of this. And he's right. There are, there are some people who've taken advantage of the situation to help themselves get better. But I think for most people, for a lot of people, it's been such a scary time. You know, for the longest time, we were isolated at home. We were told not to, you know, be around people. Don't touch anything. Um, you know, don't be around anyone. And then, you know, as, as things have gradually started to change... As, people, as the virus has been, you know, studied and understood and we've we figured, you know, the scientists who've been doing this have been figuring out what to do. Things have gotten better. Um, but at the same time, it's still there. So the, the, I, I, this is where I think on, with young athletes, especially if they've had a support system, whether it's parents, teachers, coaches, who ask them how they're doing, you know, rather than sitting and talking yeah. about how to train, but talking about how are you psychologically, right? I mean, I think this has been the, probably the best time ever for people to grow from that. Yeah, I mean, it's not easy, is it? It's a difficult time, isn't it? But, uh, yeah, I mean, even a phone call just to see how someone's doing can be beneficial because people are just on their own, aren't they, most of the time? I mean, I, I've, I've talked a lot about suggestions I've had about practices that that a coach on on one of their their Zoom calls or uh, FaceTime calls with their team, Skype call, whatever it might be, instead of talking about drills, talk about mindsets. Talk about how are you, how are you handling this, and and this to me, and I want to ask you this specifically, the word fear, probably in the past year, that word has become more prominent in our lifestyle than it. I mean, we've all been scared, right? We've all been scared. We don't know what's going to happen. And so how have, yeah. you, how have you helped the athletes you've worked with deal with that fear? Well, it's kind of accept it's a normal response, isn't it? Um, there's some predictability. Um, yeah, just accepting it's normal. And most people are feeling like that. Uh, but hopefully um, we'll get through it and... Uh, come out the other side but when someone's really scared Stephen they're they're scared to be with their team they're scared to go play their sport how do you try to get them to move beyond that and 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 cope with that and handle that well 
I think if they're, if they're scared of playing because they're, they're scared of what, like getting a virus or something like that, um, I suppose it's, I suppose it's looking at the risk factors, isn't it? Like if they've got if they're in a high risk group, they're probably best to maybe not going to it if they're in a high. You know, if you've got like bad asthma or something like that, maybe um, or diabetes or something. But uh, I think it's just accepting it's a normal normal feeling, isn't it? So. Yes, but still, at the same time, you know, still like here in the United States, like I mentioned, where we're in the NCAA basketball is about to start, the tournament's about to start this week, and in the conference tournaments this past weekend, we've had three major programs, Kansas, Duke, and Virginia, all had to pull out of the conference tournaments because they had a player who was in the COVID protocol, so they had to had to pull out. So it's it's there, it's still there, it's going to be there for a while. So we're going to go to our next break here. And when we come back, Stephen, I, I want to talk about how we move on, how we get through this, okay. how we move on. Joining me this morning is Stephen Renwick. He's an expert in sports psychology in England. It's been an honor to have him join us today. He joined us last summer. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist, With 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com radio. That's winnersunlimited.com radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio. Right now, our country feels divided. But there's a place where people are coming together. I gotta tell you, I was nervous to talk to someone so different than me. Me too, but I'm glad we are. Love Has No Labels and One Small Step are helping people with different political views, beliefs, and life experiences come together through conversation. And it feels good. Wow, your story is so... uh, Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) When people actually sit down, talk, and listen to one another, they can break down boundaries and connect as human beings. At lovehasnolabels.com slash one small step, you can listen to amazing, life-changing conversations and find simple tools to start a conversation of your own. I know one thing. This conversation gives me hope. It gives me a lot of hope, too. Take a step toward bringing our country and your community together by having the courage to start a conversation at lovehasnolabels.com slash one small step. A message from StoryCorps, Love Has No Labels, and the Ad Council. If a natural disaster comes knocking, how prepared is your family? You can't just close the door on earthquakes, floods, or hurricanes and hope they go away. That's why it's important to make a plan now. Ready.gov plan has the tools and tips you need to prepare your family for an emergency. So if disaster shows up at your doorstep, you'll be ready. Visit ready.gov slash plan and make a plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. What I know about courage, I learned from my adoptive mom. 
She said sometimes you just gotta hold on and know we'll get through this. Mom, we are so high up. Hold my hand. <laughs> no, you hold my hand. Here we go. <laughs> Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. Visit AdoptUSKids.org to find out more. This message is brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Good morning, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. Joining me live from England is Stephen Renwick. He's a sports psychology expert. We've been talking about dealing with COVID, responding to the coronavirus, how we're getting through it. And, and Stephen, let me ask you this. So, so what's your plan now as things are starting to get better? How are you going to move on beyond all this and, and, and deal with everything? Well, we've still got a way to go yet, but um, to, I mean, uh, I think um, I think first thing I do is make sure make sure I look after my mental health. That's the first thing I do because it's like a different rhythm of life. It's a we've got all these limitations around us, so I try and create like a routine so I can look after myself. You know, I'll, I'll read more, I'll watch movies, stuff like that. I'll, I'll have my exercise routine. I'll do relaxation stuff. Um, and then I think it's a time to reflect as well on what your, what your values are in life and where you're going and what you want to get out of it. So, for example, I, I only want to work part-time because I like my leisure time. I don't want to be working 70 hours a week. So I think it gives people time a, a chance to reflect on things um, and stay connected with people in a different way until until we're allowed allowed out again. Um, but uh, I can't wait to get back playing tennis and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that day when that comes. That's at the end of March. But there's been, there's been so much stress, so much anxiety, so much tension. Um, people have been on edge. People have been scared. And they still are. We still are. I mean, this thing isn't over by any, any means. You know, Blake, you, you played sports at the collegiate high school level, collegiate level, you, were, you from everything you've told me, you were pretty good, um, and I believe you. Uh, my producer, Blake here, Stephen, and, and from from the people, because I'm 66. Well, how old are you, Stephen? 45. 45. So so Blake's in his 20s. So he's a young guy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, different different perspectives here. Um, you know, Blake, with your friends, your peers, when you've talked about that psychologically, how have they all been doing? I mean, has has this freaked some people out, or have people sort of just, oh, well, I'll get through it? I mean, how, how have they been dealing with it overall? Yeah, so so actually most of my friends um, and a lot of athletes that I know, they've actually been handling it pretty well. I, I do know a couple that I think it's, it's taken quite a, a toll on just as far as feeling not only the, the stress from – the mental side, but also just feeling maybe a little bit of that trapped syndrome, you know, feeling like, oh, and partially this is because of the severity of it. And partially this is also deal with kind of how it's been portrayed as well as you all. You, sometimes people do feel like they, you know, COVID's right outside their front door and they, they can't leave. You know, some people are overly um, susceptible to to fear. And so I've had um, people that that are totally fine. I mean, and take me for example. I, I, uh, you know, obviously everybody takes precautions. I'm pretty not worried. 
Um, but I know people that are. So I guess one of my questions for you, Stephen, um, you know, kind of being a, being a former athlete, what would you say to an athlete who maybe is a little less on the side of, of fear and they'd like to get back to um, the the team aspect? They'd like to get back out into, into mingling with the public, but maybe their home life is a little bit more locked down. Maybe who they live with is a little bit more on the on the, you know, more cautious side. What would you kind of say to somebody who's trying to balance both that their their own personal life and trying to get back to normal and somebody who lives with somebody who's who's maybe not as ready? I think they've got to look at ways to protect themselves from stress as much as they can. So things like make sure they're eating well, eating healthy, um, exercising, taking time out, maybe look at some mindfulness, mind-body approach things they can practice like meditation or something like that making sure they're sleeping well um things that are going to buffer the effect um but it is difficult i mean first of all you've got to acknowledge it is difficult isn't it we've never been in this situation before if i said before the lockdown you know in in a week's time the whole world's going to shut down you think i was mad but you know it's a unique situation we've never been in it before so um I think I'd probably look at those those ways of trying to buffer the effect as much as possible and not be too hard on themselves. Try to keep things in perspective. And and I, and I think this has been a time, maybe more than ever, where you know, as I said throughout the show, uh, the psychological aspect of things is so important, as as you have as well. And I think this is a time more more so than we've ever had, where we can really look at ourselves. And 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 spend some time starting to appreciate life, appreciate the people we're, we're with, appreciate the people we care about. I, I think it's I think it's been an opportunity for everybody to really have much more of a perspective about what's going on with themselves and where they're going in life. I mean, Stephen, what do you think about that? Yeah, that's what I was saying about before. People are reflecting it, looking at their values and what's, mo- what's more important to them in life now. Whereas before, they were on like the, the uh, hamster wheel. Um you know, working 60, 70 hours a week, chasing money, say, or something like that, and then suddenly you can't do it, and you, you sit back and think about, is that really that important, you know? I read a book the other day, it's called um, The Five Regrets of the Dying or something, and one of the regrets is uh, I work too much. So it's kind of, you know, look look what's more important in life and trying to lead a fulfilled life, um, which might not be working 60, 70 hours a week. Well, the athlete, to go back to our, our caller this morning, the athletes who learned and grew from this and are learning and growing from this because it's obviously not over, compared to the athletes who don't, what's the difference? What do you think in their makeup? I think it's possibly what they're focusing on and what the meaning is they're taking from it. What does this mean? Does this mean I'm going to come out better athlete? Am I, am I going to take charge of my training? Or does it mean I'm just going to sit around for three or four months and then uh, it's going to be tough when I go back? So I think it's I think it's what meaning you attach to it. The biggest stressor the biggest the biggest stressor yeah. you've heard from from athletes has been what? I think well the, the biggest stressors I think it's probably the lack of socialization, not seeing their friends, things like that, 
and they miss competition. And for people who, who just enjoy exercise, they're missing the fitness classes. So if you like doing fitness classes, they're the ones who are struggling to train on their own at home. And then they end up putting weight on because they're not exercising as much, things like that. Obviously, the safety issues are, have been the priority here because so many people have lost their lives and lost family members. That's, that has to take the priority. But once we get beyond that, then we're talking about the stressors, the fears, the anxieties that we're all dealing with, and then how we, we learn and grow. And I, I know throughout my 40-year work with so many people, uh, obviously everybody's different. Everybody responds to stress and fear differently. But I think if, if you can take the time to communicate with, as, as a coach especially, I, I said it earlier, I think coaches now more than ever need to listen. Not just you know, tell their athletes what to do all the time, but listen and ask them how they are. Hey, do you agree yeah. with that? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. I mean, even just that question can make someone feel better or open up to you, can't it? Because it shows you that they care. I mean, and, and I've had several young athletes tell me they didn't know their coaches cared about them as people until this scenario that we've gone through in this past year because they've they've shown an interest in, in, in them in terms of how they are. And then I've had some athletes who've said, well, now I know why I don't like my coach and because uh, he or she just doesn't care. She only cares about the score and not me. Stephen, it's been a joy having you on with us again. We've got to wrap things up here this morning. So if people like to get a hold of you, how can they reach you over in England? Uh, if we go to... Uh com. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Stay safe. I'm glad you've survived the virus and you sound like you're doing okay. And thanks for joining us again. I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're okay as well. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, I've, I've, I, 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 I am as well. So, <laughs> all right. Stay all safe. Right, thank you, sir. Take care. Cheers. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. That was Stephen Renwick, a sports psychology expert in England, which uh, very interesting interview with him. Um, obviously, a guy that understands what's going on because he's gone through it himself. You know, I'm here every week. We talk about the mental side of sports. Obviously, this past year, we've had to deal with other things. But as we start to come out of this, hopefully we can get more into sports again and focus on, on those aspects. Our shows are podcasted all over the place on all the apps. If you want to reach me, you can always get a hold of me at my office, 816-561-5556. I am taking on new clients. I do Zoom, FaceTime calls all over the place. You can reach me there. Give me an email at drj at winnersunlimited.com. Stay safe. Take care. We'll talk to you next week. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist, with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive, realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development, 
Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. If a natural disaster comes knocking, how prepared is your family? You can't just close the door on earthquakes, floods, or hurricanes and hope they go away. That's why it's important to make a plan now. Ready.gov plan has the tools and tips you need to prepare your family for an emergency. So if disaster shows up at your doorstep, you'll be ready. Visit ready.gov plan and make a plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its Pre-Diabetes Awareness Partners. 